Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli. Uh, a few housekeeping items before we get into the episode. Uh, unfortunately, I had to push back my interview with Amby Burfoot, the author of the book we were reading for uh, the first book club book, which is The Runner's Guide to the Meaning of Life. Uh, we're going to be recording that episode, I believe, next week. So I'm expecting the episode to come out um, probably the, the week after next at the beginning. So if you're interested in reading the book, it's, a, like I said in the last episode, a pretty easy read, but a lot of profound stuff in the book. Um, a lot of really good things to take away, take away and not just apply to running, but uh, to life broadly. So I would highly encourage if you're still interested to get the book, give it a read, and I'm excited to hear from Ambi and just get his perspective um, and kind of dig into to the aspects of the book that really stuck out to me. So be expecting that, like I said, at the beginning of probably the week after next. Uh, I guess I said housekeeping items, but that's really about it. And we will get into the episode. The following is an interview with Cooper Williams. Cooper competed for West Lafayette High School and graduated in 2016. During his time at West Lafayette, he was three times All-State in cross country and four times All-State in track. In addition to being seven times All-State, he is number three all-time in the 800 with a time of 149.75. Upon graduating from West Lafayette, Cooper made a terrible life choice and joined IU. <laughs> At IU, Cooper accomplished a lot, including Big Ten, being Big Ten champ in 800 twice and finishing fifth at NCAA champs in the 800 with a time of 146.45. I was a volunteer assistant for Westside, Cooper's senior year track season. Uh, so it had been a little bit since I talked to him, but it was a ton of fun getting to chat with him uh, again after all these years. Uh, he's a really laid-back guy, super down-to-earth, um, but also offered a lot of great perspectives and insights uh, during our conversation. So as always, I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. And without further ado, I give you Cooper Williams. Cooper, welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how was Christmas? How was the New Year's? How's it been for you? It's been good. Yeah, it was my um my first actual school vacation. Um, with athletics, we've always had to leave late, come back early, so I got to experience four weeks of just nothing. Um, so I used it. I. Went back with family, probably last Christmas with family as a whole. My brother's moving to Melbourne, Australia in March, so oh. won't be seeing him for a while. Um, What's he doing out there? Music scene? We'll see. Okay. Yeah, he's he's in, into rock and roll, into a lot of artists he follows are from Australia, so he's just going to go into that. He's already making an album right now, so it's looking good, but Dang. big move. Is he like a solo artist or? He does a lot of the instruments himself, but he started um, going to producers, getting some extra instruments and making his own stuff. But yeah, it's seems like a field that's tough to get into, but he's yeah. pretty determined. So, okay. Yeah. My, yeah. my youngest sister is like super into music. She's like a junior at Fisher's right now. Okay. Um, she 
like the show choir and all that but mm-hmm. i think like the goal for her is like to have a solo career eventually like she's like always making music and recording music but it really does seem like you just have to have like one break but that break yeah. can yeah. be like yeah super hard to get for sure yeah it definitely seems like that he's yeah he's looking into hopefully performing at you know bars and other venues where they offer live music and then kind of going from there but yeah yeah melbourne's a good place to be i think for for music so that's cool that he's going for it yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, so you had, a, you had a good time at home yeah good time at home went to actually orlando as well went oh. to the purdue bowl game nice. um and nice. that was fun <laughs> i just me and my dad watched the football game terrible game mm-hmm. but good if you like scores so i was happy <laughs> i'm not good. too attached to purdue football um and then we just played a ton of disc golf. My dad are really into disc golf. There we go. Um, was it just like vacation, Orlando, or was okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you so that was really it. Get anything uh, fun for Christmas? Um, got a couple pair of shoes, some overalls. I mean, <laughs> there we go. Pretty simple stuff. Um, nice. Yeah, those were kind of the heavy hitters. I think this Christmas. There we go. It yeah. somehow. Somehow my mom got a hold of, so I have two younger sisters mm-hmm. and just graduated from Purdue. And the other, like I said, is junior at Fishers. She somehow mixed up their 2020 Christmas list with their current ones. <laughs> and <laughs> like, she just saw Christmas list and opened it. And so like on Christmas morning, we were like, I was at my parents' house and like, they started opening presents and they were like things they were interested in from two years ago. And like he like slowly, like we slowly realized what was happening. It was oh, a no. morning. <laughs> That's like how how's how was that? I mean <laughs> so is this was, stuff that they got already in 2020 too? A few things for sure. <laughs> um so my it's interesting, like my middle sister like probably hasn't changed as much as my youngest sister. Like okay. think about yourself from like freshman year of high school to junior year of high school. Yeah. Like she had none of the same interests. So it was definitely rougher for my youngest sister, but it was an interesting morning. That makes for a fun Christmas morning, though. Exactly. Some good stories. <laughs> it is good stories. <laughs> there we go. Um, okay. So we start off every podcast with a little tear talk. Okay. Uh, and the question for this week is if you were starting a city, like any city in the US from scratch, what sport would you bring into the city first? And so you can take us any any way, if it's financially or if it's the sport you want to see the best or the most or whatever. Yeah, that's um, a good question. Do you want to go first? you want me to go first? You go first. I'll, I'll see that. Okay. So number, I kind of did it, sports I want to see the most, not mm-hmm. necessarily like financially. So number three is football. Um, like football, love fantasy football. Mm. But necessarily like love, love, like I'm not like a diehard Colts fan, but I, I enjoy yeah. football. Okay. Uh, number two is hockey. So we don't have a hockey team now. Well, I guess we have the fuel, but we don't have like an NHL team. Mm. And I think it'd be super cool to have an NHL team. Just feel like it's something different than what we have. That'd be good. And then number one is basketball. Uh, so I grew up playing basketball, love basketball. I think that would be the sport I would pick first to bring into the city okay there you go yeah. um i'm gonna go i'm gonna start 
at the top and go down. All right. Because it's easier for me to think. Um, first, I would do football. Okay. I like NFL. I like college football. Yeah, big Seahawks fan, so definitely going NFL. Why uh, Seahawks? Dad grew up in Seattle, grew mm-hmm. up watching all the games, so just been – been a fan since the sean alexander days so nice um yeah i'll bring that that's that brings a good following too yeah um second i'm gonna go soccer Mm, that's a good one i like it you know number one sport in the world right true i think that brings a lot of different diversity so I'm, i'm thinking soccer and I don't want it to be MLS soccer. I wish it was like <laughs> yeah. you know, European soccer, but that's I'm envisioning European soccer in my city. There you go. Um, have you been to an MLS game? No, I have <laughs> not been to a a professional soccer game. It's worth if you have an opportunity. It's worth going. I went to an Orlando Pride game actually. Okay, it was like it was better than I thought it would be. I'll have to I'll have to look up Orlando Pride. There you go. That's a good one. Um, third, I don't think I'm going to do basketball. Never. I've, I like college basketball, NBA. I've never been into. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to bring. Oh man. I would say <laughs> like a mix of non-traditional pickleball and disc golf. Oh, let's go. Yeah. I'm going totally. Cause there's professional leagues now for these, both of these sports. Mm-hmm. And with that comes parks as well. Ooh, that's so that's good, good for the city as well. So I'm going to go disc golf and pickleball. Okay. That's a duo for the, the third. Yeah. Didn't LeBron invest? Or there's like a yeah. couple teams people invested in a pickleball There's league? this big thing in Vegas. Yeah. A ton of big names. LeBron, KD, Dang. Dirk. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like any like new neighborhood or development, they're building a pickleball court instead of tennis courts. Oh yeah, it's it's causing quite the division among tennis players too. <laughs> Do you play? Yeah. yeah, I'm in a pickleball league here in Bloomington. Hey, let's go. Are you any good? So, I'm not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I'm 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 pretty decent. <laughs> there so. you go. Cool. I've actually I don't think I've played since like high school in PE class, but it looks really fun. You gotta yeah, find a league. It's worth it. There we go. Okay, so we're gonna like we always do take it back to the beginning. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you want to, we'll kind of walk through your story. If you want to start with how you got into running, you grew up running, playing other sports. What was your like beginning in athletics? Yeah. Um, I played a lot of stuff. I started out swimming. Um, that was like the first, like as a wee little baby, swimming lessons was like the thing my parents threw me into. Um. And then once we moved to um, the States, I joined the aquatics team. So club team swam longer than anything really at this point it's running, but um, so I had that, had soccer, played basketball, played football, played baseball, um, found out I didn't like contact sports. (laughs) It's not my thing. Um, And in West Lafayette, you do a mile um, competition race, first grade through sixth grade. 
um, just one a year. It's called the Tallman Mile, one first through third, and then Happy Hollow Mile. And so I would always do those. And I found out that I I was not too bad at running. Um, I was at the front of the pack, uh, enjoyed it, joined the PATC, Purdue Area Track Club um, in fourth through sixth grade, just did one cross country race a year. Um, so yeah, it, it came about just because I liked running and I did well. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely why I ended up focusing on it, but that was the beginning. Tom and Mile first grade was the the start of it all, but I have to give a shout out to Lane Custer. There you go. It's kind of the the one that got me over the hump to actually go for it. For sure. So uh how long did you play other sports? Was it for a while? Yeah, I did um well, I stopped soccer right up to seventh grade. And that's when I just did running and um, swimming. Okay. Did you have any regrets about giving up ball sports? No, I was done with baseball early on. Basketball, I only wanted to pass it because I didn't, wasn't <laughs> comfortable shooting. So I wasn't cut out for that. Um, and then soccer, I love soccer, but there's some personalities in soccer and I didn't mesh with a lot of the guys. So. Mm. um don't miss any of those sports and i swam all throughout high school so i actually balanced swimming and track all throughout high school oh did you i didn't realize that mm-hmm. wow yeah you thinking about giving up either or were you predetermined to do both um i was determined to do both it it worked perfectly because swimming in the the winter and i i didn't really focus on indoor during high school i was mm-hmm enjoying swimming um and knew the outdoor was there and when you grow up in west lafayette you have the purdue indoor track and i was mm-hmm. i was tall junior year senior year so i was totally fine with passing up on indoor okay yeah when did you grow uh was sophomore to junior okay how much did you yep. grow do you remember oh i don't I don't know for sure, but it was definitely a considerable growth spurt. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say, but it's Come funny on. looking back at pictures. Like, there's a good picture of Veach and I when we were in middle school, and we were just tiny, <laughs> tiny sticks running, and and then I had a huge growth spurt. So. Oh yeah, that yeah. helps. So when did you first seriously train? Was that in middle school or um it was probably junior high mm-hmm. middle school i would go to practices just for fun um but junior high is when i actually joined the cross country team and did track so that was the first time into those sports for a whole season mm-hmm. um so that was when i began and i i don't think it was how did you phrase the question like with uh, like when did you like first seriously start training yeah so if i really go seriously training i mean i'm pushing it to like college for mm. being honest <laughs> okay um, but junior high is when i actually had a full season okay so you realized like fairly early that you had some talent and running mm-hmm. um when did you I guess like take on that identity like okay running is my thing i'm a runner now or like when did you really feel like that transition happened i guess 
Yeah. Um, it is probably junior high as well, seventh, eighth grade. Um, I was feeling good from a lot of the stuff, earlier races, the mile races I talked about, even um, PATC, we would do the, like the coaches nationals. I don't know if you're familiar with club sports, but it would be like in a Nashville or Kentucky. Um, I went to those races fourth through sixth grade and I ended up, I think, getting close to top five. I won a couple. Um but then that led me into junior high. Um, and yeah, that's our high school is seventh, eighth, um, nine, 10, 11, 12th grade. Mm-hmm. So like once you're there, you run in junior high, you're like looking up to the high schooler guys, mm-hmm. you're in the same atmosphere. So that's when I started kind of taking that identity of a runner. Okay. So I was, I was an assistant for West Lafayette for mm-hmm. two years. I guess we probably should have shared this at the outset. Um, but I was only there for one of your semesters, like your, your senior track season. So I don't know a ton of like what you did during, I guess the other seven semesters. Um, Mm -hmm. so how was, like, how was your transition to high school? What kind of training do you remember doing and how were you able to, I guess, balance swimming and and running as well? Yeah. Um, I'm going to give my best answer here because it's, Unfortunately, a lot has left my brain since <laughs> then. Um, but uh, the transition was fine. I was like high school, uh, cross country and running, got used to it, had a good group of guys. It was a lot of kind of just mileage. And when I say mileage is four to seven miles, I think is what I would end up doing just Monday, uh, Wednesday, third. I don't remember when we did workouts, actually. I think we did one or two workouts a week. Um, but the off days, just regular runs. We never did Sunday runs. So getting into college, that was different. Um, but yeah, the runs were different for me. I, I didn't put a, I loved to run, loved to run with the guys, um, but also really loved to mess around. Like we took our runs very um, simple. We'd have people that like to put in kind of a more intense effort, but I've always been someone that likes to put the effort in during workouts and on other runs, just running, feeling good. Um, So that was that. But then with workouts, it's hard to remember. We did a lot of K's at the Purdue cross course. I remember that being a workout, Um, some fart licks. As it got more intense with high school, I think we started doing mile and K repeats on our home cross course at the amphitheater, mm-hmm. um, try to simulate what an actual race would be like. And mm-hmm. then track. Yeah, I wish I could remember. Like the only workout that really sticks out to me in track is when we did the, the like some shoe companies challenge of the one mile, two mile. Um, which actually got me injured and that's why I remember it mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, for some reason with six years of collegiate track, I failed to remember any high school track workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice balancing. You mentioned swimming it very easy to balance. Um, I had that cross season and then I didn't for the first two years, I didn't run during 
the winner. I just, just swam, um, gave my body a break. Um, even junior year, I don't believe I did much, maybe one, uh, meet and just a couple runs during the winter. Um, so that was always nice. I like having a break year long was something that was unheard of to me, mm. uh, running wise and, senior year was the most kind of integrated the two sports were I ran then I swam and I kind of cut a deal I wasn't going to swim but I liked the coach he said um please swim so we can and then we came up with an idea of like I do an hour of swim practice and then I go run and that's kind of just what I did dang how was the transition from like cross to swimming and then swimming to track? Was it like a, how long did it take you, I guess, to adjust to the different sport? Uh, took a while for swimming to track, mm. just being off the legs for a while. Yeah. Um, it kind of that period of runs being really hard, not having your breathing down, mm. um, getting fatigued early. And that's why senior year, I really kind of, made that um work doing both running and swimming um cross country was always good because we would run through the summer summer camps and all so i was feeling good during that point um so it was really just that swimming to track that was a lot to deal with early on but i'll take a lot to deal with if i can rest the legs for a while yeah so i've i've swam a little bit for like cross training purposes Mm -hmm. Uh, but I never like swam, swam. I got in like any type type of good shape. How much carryover is there between like swimming and then track? Like, did you feel pretty good aerobically, but it was the legs that were feeling tired or was there any carryover? It was aerobically. I think, I think a lot of what I did all through running my career is to think from swimming. Like I really do think that my breathing system, the way I can handle workouts um, running and not necessarily have this issue with getting oxygen in was due to swimming. Mm. Um, so I think that was the big thing. Other than that, it kept me fit. Swimming got me a whole body fitness, Mm. um, you know, using my whole muscles, my whole body, whereas track in high school, I didn't lift. We lifted, um, I was always really self-conscious in the weight room because our football players were there. So yeah. I'd go to the back and just pretend to lift and then I'd head out. <laughs> there you go. The so swimming was the way I was able to actually get fit um, muscle wise. So <laughs> yeah. Did you do any cross training at IU? Um, yes. Only because of injury, um, not because of just supplementing regular running. Okay. Uh, and did you, did you get to choose your like mode of cross training or do you find something that's most effective? Yeah, I would do, I do a lot of swimming just because of the old days. Um, so it was nice to go back, swim, um, do laps. I had an idea of what I used to do. So it was easy to do, um, create my own workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then biking, I do it sometimes really didn't like biking. I don't like my butt hurting. So it was just, it angered me. Um, I don't like sweating. So when I'm swimming, I don't notice the sweat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So those were the two that I did. I did some aqua jogging, but 
I'd usually resort to swimming. Okay. So something you mentioned a little bit ago, which actually is maybe the thing I remember most about that semester that I coached with you guys was that like you would work obviously very hard during the workouts and during like races. Mm-hmm. Um, but you like weren't afraid to take things easy or even just like goof around during the the easy runs. Um did you like find a lot of value in that? Like would you if you could go back, would you do the easy days harder or more seriously? Or I don't know if you want to speak on that. Yeah, no, I I found a lot of value in it. Um I kept that going into college. Um I think that helped me have fun. Um, not put too much pressure on myself. Um, it never made me feel like I, I was just showing up to running and I had to do it. I enjoyed, um, messing around and I liked having breaks. I'm, I never want to push those runs because that's ultimately what gets me injured and I know my body. So, Mm. yeah, no, I value it a lot. And I think, I mean, I recommend it to a lot of people. I think high school is a time where, I personally don't want to put too much weight on everything. I want to have fun doing the sport. Um, college, if you're interested in running college, that's the the next step where things are going to get more intense. Um, but in high school, have fun with it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I've been thinking a lot about, I read a book recently, they were talking about how like 80% of the runs that we do are like easier, just fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know when I think about running, I think about like the workouts or the races or like the the high points, but uh, I've just been thinking about like finding enjoyment or joy, like running with people running slowly. Like just, I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel like that's key. If you're always just looking forward to the next race or always even just trying to push those runs to get through them, like mm-hmm. you're just getting injured or you get burned out. Yeah. Injured, burnout, takes fun out of it, mm-hmm. becomes more of a job and mentality is everything with sports, especially running. Um, you really got to be in a good space or else you're never going to get there. So having finding the fun, running with people, chatting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I de- it helps. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you accomplished a lot in high school. Um, one of the best 800 meter runners in this, the history of the state. Is there an accomplishment or even a couple moments that I guess you're most proud of or immediately come to mind when you think about your time in high school? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think of the two mile actually sophomore year as mm-hmm. being a really big moment for me. Um, sophomore track regionals. I ran nine ten. Um, that was kind of like the big serious moment, which I was coming off of cross where I got six as well. So that year was a big building step for me. And those two races stuck out and kind of cementing my mindset as someone that I know can be up at the front, mm. um, which benefited me to actually put in more work, um, on workout days and races. So those two races, and I love all of our four by eights, um, hard not to enjoy those. We had a good team all the way through, um, cross state, my junior year, that was a win for us. So that was huge for West Lafayette. 
And I remember that being, that'll be something I remember um, probably for the rest of my life. Cause PATC, we, we talked about how we had a, a group of guys that we think could win state and it ended up happening. So that kind of um, full circle moment was something. And then the 800s, love the 800s. Getting the individual state title was fun, but I more think of the post high school races, my two races after the season where I was finally able to break 150. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you ever yeah, split that really, under 150? What'd you say? Did you ever split under 150 before? No. That? No. So it's no, first time ever. Yeah, I think I was 151 split. Okay. It was my best. Um, yeah, so those, I, I knew I had something like, I felt like I could get under it in a good race. Um, and to see it happen was really, really beneficial for me. Um, it was just so late in the game that it was after, like, after committing, I actually went on all my visits in junior year, senior year, um, being like a two miler cross guy, mostly. Mm-hmm and having somewhat of a four by eight um, and then to hit those was pivotal in me becoming an 800 runner. Yeah. I guess this is a good transition. Um, we're all were you looking to go to college and I guess, did you know from the beginning that you wanted to run in college? Did you ever think about swimming in college? Um, no, I didn't early on. Maybe I thought of swimming. Um, but I, I was done. I don't like morning practices. <laughs> I don't like the time commitment of swimming. I oftentimes growing up as a kid in club, I would like cry into my goggles. Cause I was like, I just want to be home playing with my friends. Well, yeah. Um, which maybe a lot of club swimmers have that, or it was just me. I don't know, but <laughs> no, I was, I was ready to be done, but I loved competing in swimming. And that's why I stayed senior year. Um, but I was looking at quite a few, um, it really came down to IU and UNC as my two final schools. And then I had a Minnesota that was right there, Mm. um, visited Portland. I'd recommend all high schoolers to use up their five, um, visits I knew I didn't want to go to Portland, but I really wanted to travel to Portland and <laughs> see what that looked like. And the team was great. And I actually, in talking with one of the guys on the team, was able to realize I wanted to go somewhere else. And he was very transparent and like just making sure I know what I want to do, not pushing Portland. So mm. you never know what you're going to get at your visits. Um, and a lot of times you probably, you should find what school you want to go to while you're at a different visit. How, how'd you make your list? Like, how'd you choose those three or four or five? Mostly just the schools reached out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, those were kind of the ones I don't remember. I reached out to a lot of others, but didn't get anything back. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I really said no to many schools. It's just kind of those. And then I took UNC was definitely like a heavy favorite. Um, and I probably at the time truly wanted to go to UNC. I yeah. liked the team. I liked the area. Um, 
all in all, I liked it better. I remember getting done with my IU visit, loved the guys, didn't want to go. Um, <laughs> but I ended up choosing, I think I kind of got like a too mature mindset where I started thinking of tuition out of state versus in state. And that, mm-hmm. that led me to IU as well as getting kind of like a, um, a deadline from UNC. Hmm. Like, and that, that was at that time, a senior in high school, I was like, dang deadline. I, <laughs> that feels wrong. I don't, I don't want to be pressured into anything. And so that's also a reason why I chose IU. Okay. Are you a homebody at all? Like, was it nerve wracking thinking about moving across the country or kind of across the country? No, not too much of a homebody, very independent, love to travel. So that was kind of the big draw to UNC. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that really didn't hinder me at all. Mostly just I started thinking of money and what was kind of like the most realistic thing that would benefit the family. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so once you like finally committed to IU, did you have some peace about it? Or were you still a little like, oh man, should I have gone to UNC? Or Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely had a couple weeks. I remember that during cross country, I think before, right as the postseason started, I announced I just committed to IU. Um, and I think two weeks went by where I was like, man, did I make the right decision? Was that a good idea? Um, but at that time, a ton of people, my class was big and everyone started committing to IU and I started seeing that, um, I think Veach started the the uh, the trend of committing. <laughs> um, so that was nice seeing a big name like his. Uh, and then a lot of kind of the friends I, I made throughout. I ran with a lot of guys in middle school too. Um, we did like the a nationals meet. So seeing Cameron Clements, who's a future roommate, commit, I started feeling a lot better about my my decision. Okay. Um, do you have any advice for like current freshmen, sophomore, juniors who are looking to run in college, like how to, I guess, handle the recruiting process the best mm-hmm. or is there anything you learned along the way? Yeah, I think again, take all the visits you can. Um, don't be afraid. I think have good conversations with your parents beforehand. Like I went in not having many questions when I went to these visits um, which doesn't give you a full picture. Mm. Um, I think, I think coaches should definitely work with their athletes, um, especially athletes who are looking to go to college and sit them down and maybe talk to them about what, what a program looks like, what a good program would be for them, help them learn or understand their training regimen. I think that would help a lot. I didn't know anything. Um, and I wish I had like a full picture where I felt confident going in. I was mostly just looking at places like environment. Is it a cool place? Is it a, is it a Nike school and stuff like that? That's very trivial. Like in the grand scheme of things, that's not the important thing. You want to know that, you know, you have a good coach that cares about you too. I think for me, the coach one-on-one coach visits, um, and meetings during those, are really important. Um, I know some people don't believe you should pick a program for its coach. Others do. Um, if you know your coach is going to stay there, I feel like a coach is everything. And if you see the coach as 
not totally understanding you or just kind of looking at you as like a times thing, which happens to be a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't be as confident. You want someone that supports you. Um, it's kind of in your corner and helps you process things. Um, so I think that's important to know. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to find out, especially on your visits, but talk to athletes. Um, and then for others, freshmen, sophomores, I think that's, that's early, but if people want to run in college, just keep doing your thing. Um, there's many places to compete in college. So whatever level it is, just keep doing, keep working hard. Um, but don't put ex expectations on yourself. Mm. Like I think high school, just do what you can have fun with it. Uh, don't try to think about the future much. And if it happens, then it happens and you can be happy from there. But up until that point, do the sport that you love and then that'll take you to the places you want. I like that. That's great advice. Um, I imagine, I don't know, colleges are putting like their best foot forward, like when you're visiting and you kind of answered this question a little bit, but are there like ways to, I guess, kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit? You said like having a good conversation with the coach is important, like meeting with the guys, I guess, like how, how can you best see like what the, see the program for what it truly is or mm -hmm. if that makes sense? Yeah, it's hard because it really is a show. Like you're trying to, you're trying to act your best, kind of take you to the best food places, um, show you the best practices or the meats that are happening. Um, I think the best way is mostly just talking to the athletes. Um, even with talking with the coaches, you either get a very professional kind of business-like idea where they tell you what it's going to be, what they expect of you. Um, and if you're a good fit and if you have the times, um, then there's others where maybe it's a little more personable. Um, so focus on that. I think assistant coaches and recruiting coaches are the ones you want to pick the brains of. Mm. They're the ones that might show a little more focus on you on recruiting trips. So have your questions ready for them. Um, ask questions about, what the the team is like team atmosphere um really anything you can think of but i think just going to the athletes is the best mm -hmm. there there will always be an athlete on a visit that is willing to just kind of tell you everything um you'll find people that'll tell you good things tell you bad things mm -hmm. and honestly you want good and bad you want them to be as transparent as possible to make your decision that way you know what's good i think ask an athlete what's good about the program what's bad about the program don't let them off the hook if they don't tell you anything about mm -hmm. a bad thing like there are bad things in programs and it's good to know so mm -hmm. that's good so how was the the transition to iu it was good it took a while uh, it took a year for me um it was my first time running year year round so that was a big adjustment for me doing like an actual indoor season where you're expected to be at your, your peak was a lot. I think that was, that tired me out for the summer for the outdoor season. Um, but cross it's fun. A lot of first years kind of red shirt. Um, they're just training, getting used to the training and get to go 
do a couple races in fun uniforms and just have fun. You don't have any expectations. There's some, if you're an athlete that feels like you can make a starting squad, varsity squad, but I didn't. So I was just, at that point I was done with cross. I liked cross country, but I was definitely a track mindset. Mm-hmm. So that transition wasn't bad. I liked running. Um, coaches were able to accommodate kind of my needs, my my body and health needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they made the transition nice. And I think that's important for a university to be able to um, cater to an athlete specifically instead of just getting a, giving a blanket um, workout schedule. But yeah, it definitely took a toll on me um, indoor and outdoor. I wasn't hitting times where I was hoping or expecting. I think you go to college, um, you run for a team. For me, it was IU, and you expect kind of immediate results. And even though coaches and athletes on the team will tell you it takes a little bit to get used to, you're obviously going to have high expectations. So it was, it was a lot. Um, running similar to what I did in high school, most times worse than I did in high school. Hmm. Um, but after that first year, I had fun. I made it through. I was basically healthy, I think. Um, so I knew something big was happening. I was, I got used to the training. I was competing workout wise at a high level. So, yeah, it seems like almost everyone who has, who like accomplished something in high school and transitions to transitions to a decent college has a fairly rough first year, or it's like at least it's just a transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess upon reflecting back to your freshman year, do you know why that was for you or what are maybe some things you would have done differently heading into college? Um, Probably a huge thing was how I did my easy runs. Mm-hmm. Um, That was something, but I don't think that was too much because I – consistently did that in college too where i took the easy runs just to have a good time and go through the motion um it might have been the workouts just i don't know if you can really prepare i think now high schools do have some fairly intense workouts going on um i just don't remember being having super intense workouts in high school Mm -hmm. and so that transition where college you have workouts that feel like races like high end races where like high school I was having fun I was going to a couple races where I'd race individuals like Veach um Mm -hmm. and then I moved to IU and we're doing workouts together and it's just competitive at that point Mm -hmm. that was the biggest the hardest thing that I think for many people is getting used to is that it's kind of a cutthroat workout thing until you get used to it and mm-hmm. find a way to actually um, kind of dissociate workout competition and yeah. know that you can do both in a good direction. That shouldn't make you stressed out or hurt your body. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you have any I guess, thoughts of quitting? Your, your freshman year did you have any doubts if you wanted to do this or be pretty resolved to keep going I was pretty resolved I was I think I was the only one to only male that um 
was not redshirted through track indoor and outdoor. Mm. So I had that experience early on. I went to the big meets, even though they weren't necessarily going like I thought they could. Um, I got that opportunity and that I think really helped me feel like, yeah, this is good. Um, I'm seeing good results. I've made a travel squad. Um, so I never thought of quitting then. No. Yeah. Um, at what point, and this could be any time in your life, would you say like you really, I guess, fell in love with the sport or like, okay, I actually, you know, I know I'm good at this, but I also really enjoy running or love doing the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all throughout high school, I loved the sport. Mm. Um, I loved regular practices and I loved competition. I am a competition driven guy. Um, I, I don't really show it. I try not to show it too, but I love competing. Like in um, other areas of life or? A lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I like to, I like the nature of competing. I like, like pushing my body to the limits and seeing what I can do and like having a, something to base it on as I go on forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it was then that I fell in love, but competition in college, when things go right, things go right. Like I felt really happy mm-hmm. running workouts. I was doing workouts um, that were better than like high school results. And I felt good and relaxed and I was able to take control of races. And so when that started happening in college, that's when I really loved the sport because mm. um, it was just fitting and runs were fine. Runs were good. I didn't think about runs. I actually, I don't know if I ever loved runs. Just like, like easy runs, you mean? Yeah. I, I was not a big person on that. Yeah. Mm. I just loved the competition and the workouts. That's what drove me through college. Mm. That's fair. Um, so you made a pretty big jump, like from your freshman to sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess was it like your your workouts were starting to set in? You're starting to feel comfortable with the program. What led you to, I guess, make that jump? Yeah, it was an odd one. Sophomore year, sophomore year cross. I made. I was. I was in our top seven. Um, I had a good summer. That. I was running well um, and it carried over into cross. And so making varsity for cross was really a mind or a morale booster for myself. Mm. Uh, but then I got injured and I got a stress reaction in my shin, um, which put me out for the rest of the cross season, missed probably three fourths of it, maybe a half of it. Mm. Um, and then also, I believe that's the year I missed indoor as well. Um so I had just a long time of rebuilding um, and then seeing big tens that year. We had a great year for the men. I think we swept the mile. We had other impressive things. 800, I think, was lacking, but Daniel Kuhn won 600. And I think that motivated me. Like I went to that meet and I watched and I felt mm-hmm. like I was finally finding my form on the track. I was feeling comfortable in workouts. Um, but I wasn't there to compete. I didn't, I wasn't, um, in the uniform at that point and seeing that like kind of lit a fire in me. Hmm. 
And that's when everything kind of fit in place and come outdoor. I was, I was no longer doing workouts to help the 800 guys compete. I was doing it so I could compete as well. Mm. Um, so that was the real change for me. Like at that point I got used to the workouts, not like anything changed workout wise for me. It was just the mindset where I was like, just a little hungrier. Yeah. Did you always believe you could be with the top guys in the nation? Um, no, no, I, I definitely thought I could be up there. Um, and I thought I could be leading IU too. Uh, having that 149 in high school was good for me. Like I knew that I could do it, but soft freshman year, barely getting under 150 a couple times was tough. Um, at that point, I don't know. I I probably I didn't think I would be at the top of collegiate um, 800. So it took a little bit until. Luckily, I was training with top guys. Daniel Kuhn was making nationals before, um, and so being able to do workouts with him, then got me to realize that I could probably compete. Yeah. So you, again, accomplished a lot in college. Are there any moments or accomplishments that stick out at your time in college? Um, Big Ten's sophomore year will always stick out. Um, we had three, four guys. All of our 800 guys made it to the finals in Big Ten. So it was at home in Bloomington. Um that meet will go down as my greatest meet of all time. <laughs> um, very similar to my high school career where my two mile and sophomore year was my best. Something about sophomore year sticks for me. Um, but yeah, I, I ran 147 in prelims, felt super comfortable. And then went 146-0 with Kuhn in the finals. And that was like, those two races were both, I think, a second PR from yourself. Um, so that was, that will always stick out. That's when I knew I had what it took to actually control races, um, finish ahead of people, race with the best. Isaiah Harris won that race in 145. Um, and he's, him and Kuhn were consistently on at nationals. So, that was what jump started my collegiate career. Um, and then other than that, I think Birmingham indoor nationals is the other race that um, really stuck out for me. That was the first, that whole indoor season, I had a lot of um, difficulties in kind of self-confidence. Um, I was racing some of the best guys. It was after my first time making outdoor nationals. Um, so I knew that I could make it, but I felt kind of like the imposter syndrome where I'm mm. getting into these really intense heats. Um, but I counted myself out immediately in the races, basically after the first four steps, um, and then just went through the motions was close, but never actually competing with the guys. Um, but I made it to nationals with time and at Birmingham, I, I don't know, something switched. I told myself why not like i'm lining up next to marco a rop bryce hopple devin dixon these huge names mm -hmm. um 
like, why not just take it while I have it? I'm not always going to make it to this and have this opportunity. So I just went after it and made it to the finals um, and raced hard in the finals as well. Not, not any of the fastest times I've ran, but just this shift in um, confidence that really set that race above any of the others. Yeah. So was it just a matter as far as like the confidence goes, was it just a matter of just going for it, telling yourself oh, I'm here, let's just go for it. Or was there anything, I don't know. Is, is there anything that you would advise for someone else? Like if, if they're struggling with, with that confidence or even that imposter syndrome, like how mm-hmm. do they deal with that? Um, It's tough. You really do just have to like say, screw it. <laughs> um, you have to like, realistically, you have to weigh kind of your, your thoughts too. Um, like you can continuously tell yourself you're not part of it. Um, even though you do the workouts, you've ran the times. So you have to take a step back and realize like, is this realistic? Um, and then when you find out that you're able to battle that feeling and say, no, this isn't realistic, then you just have to say, screw it. Let's do it. Exposure therapy. Um, you're never going to learn how to race if you don't just give it your all. Um, it will, it'll take multiple times, but I know it's tough. Um, even when I had support of the team and the coaches, um, I still didn't believe myself, but it, it's just a switch of like, I'm tired of not give, going up to my full potential. Um, and that was it. I wish it was more but it was just kind of flipping the switch finally. Yeah. I, I feel like that's really true. It's hard to like really manufacture that belief unless you either like kind of like you came to a breaking point, like, or I'm tired of not believing, believing myself or tired of this mindset I'm in or like on the other side of things, like proving it to yourself, like, okay, I've done this and so now I can, mm-hmm. I know I can do it again going forward and, even that, it's like so easy to like doubt yourself. Like, oh, that was a fluke, or the mind games. It is. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like the worst enemy, basically, for anyone, regardless of skill level, is just pushing past your own self and saying, "Let's try. Let's just try to ramp it up. Let's try to go faster the first mile of a cross race and just see what happens." Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, you're never going to give yourself the opportunity. Yeah. I think especially for runners, like there is obviously a team aspect to cross country and track, but in a lot of ways you're racing against yourself and your Mm -hmm. mind. And I don't know, it could just be so easy to doubt yourself like in in those moments. Very easy, especially when you don't want, you're scared of the discomfort. Like you'll never know how much you can actually take. And for me, it took a while, but it happened. And I think through workouts too, like you do stuff enough that you realize you can push comfort levels. And if you know your body and you're not thinking about injury, you don't have that issue. Like just push yourself, push yourself as hard as you can. Um, and you'll find out when your body can't handle it. Um, but that's the only way you can find your levels. Yeah, for sure. There's also like something just primitive, like wire deep, like wire deep within mm-hmm. us to want to avoid pain or like 
I don't know. You just like can't fully turn that off, no matter how good yeah. of shape or how good of a mindset you're in. Like your body's mm-hmm. always gonna push back on you. Yeah, no instincts. Instincts take over us. Unfortunately, we f- <laughs> we feel pain. We have fear, and our body automatically halts us or goes straight to the mind to tell us this isn't right which is unfortunate but it is a learning process if you do it enough your mind can tell you not to yeah override the impulse it's true it's also and i don't know if it's just me maybe it is other people as well but it's i don't know going into any like intense or difficult situation like your mind just goes to the worst possible thing that can happen Mm -hmm. like i'm not even thinking about like this podcast like i this is the going to be the 19th episode. And mm-hmm. I don't know, before I'd done this, I hadn't done anything like it. And I was, I don't know, it's definitely been like a, a learning curve. And mm-hmm. like before every single one without fail, I still get nervous. Cause like, I'm just like picturing like us getting on here and just like it being dead silent <laughs> for like five minutes, you know, yeah, yeah. Just, like, <laughs> the crickets, but it like never actually happens. And, mm-hmm. but still every time I picture the worst and it's just weird how your mind does that doesn't yeah work. yeah i mean it's just trying to keep you from failing which failing's yeah. great true gotta love failing <laughs> For the sure. only way yeah. <laughs> the only way there you go um as far as far as like uh workouts and training and things like that is there any workouts you enjoyed the most any training aspects that really like benefited you or i guess anything you want to share about your your time at iu training wise yeah, training wise, um, I loved workouts. I said that. Um, so our workouts were fun, and when you have a group of people that just compete um, and aren't afraid to not just go all out during workouts, is is fun. It's fun. I had Kuhn, and so we others as well. But there was a point where Kuhn and I were really kind of feeding off of each other, doing workouts where we surprise ourselves. I love 400 workouts where you do, um, I think it was four, 400s. You just kind of start at maybe a 56, 54, 52, and then supposed to be 50, but we just end up pushing, racing. So we were, we would do that. And when we were fit, we were finishing in 47s. Um, wow. I don't know if 46 happens, um, but it was just some things through the workouts that it feels impossible, but you do it. Um, another one is race simulation. That was a workout that will always stick out, mm. um, which is four 200s. Uh, we usually do this on the indoor track. Well, we did both, but indoor track is what I think of. Um two sets of it and you go out in 25 30 seconds rest then you want to do a 26 30 seconds rest 26 um 30 seconds rest and then finish all that you got um that was a workout i had a lot of fun with um and if you're not aerobically there you're done early on yeah Um, so being able to combine aerobic fitness and then just um that fast sprint at that point um, tested me <laughs> to the limits. That was, everyone was done after that. Yeah. Cool downs were 
practically walking. Um, I think those two workouts stuck out the most to me. And other than that, I loved cross workouts. Um, we would do tempos on this country road. And I loved being able to switch kind of a 800 mindset. And I'd go run with the varsity guys in the cross and some of them I could get. I, I loved the pain of doing seven miles in the last mile, just trying to break the others. Uh, for sure. Just, yeah. That's the competitive nature coming out again. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think those were the big workouts for me. Uh, the other ones just kind of routine. 300s are always fun. Yeah. What, uh, at what IU, your... we did a lot. What did you say? Are you good? Uh, what was your mileage at? I was I was an odd mileage person. I think 70 was the highest I ever hit, which was around freshman, sophomore year. Okay. Um, but I was, I was unfortunately a very injury-prone athlete through college. Um, I had a lot of fights with time off. Um, I think sophomore year on, I battled Achilles injuries Mm. Um, for the rest of the time. Seasons, I would have to take off a big chunk um, or find ways to put pads in my spikes or slow down mileage, just do workouts. Um, So the mileage was low. I think my last year, sixth year, Six year was different. I I had surgery my fifth year on my Achilles. So coming back, I think I did 20, 20 miles a week. Oh, wow. Almost every week of running. Um, I would cross train um, and only run my workouts. And then I'd go back, cross train, try some light speed or um, alter G. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what a lot of seasons look like where I was battling low mileage while also finding good workouts in spikes that could help me. Yeah. Did you feel a lot of negative effects of not having full mileage or having to cross? Um, e- yes and no. I think my best 40 miles a week was like my best range. I think that's when I did my best work. Um, the only time I really felt the, the issue was my final year. Um, but that was just kind of an asterisk year mm-hmm. is, is different. Um, I needed to balance mileage and have low mileage the other years. I wish I had could do more miles, but I, I really found kind of how I worked in low mileage with that other stuff worked perfectly. I felt fresh still. Um, so I, I, I lived for short mileage weeks. I mean, I loved looking at guys that were going out super long and knowing that I didn't have to do that. There you go. <laughs> um, did you train differently than the other guys during cross like the, than like the true distance guys or were you doing the same things as them? Um, I would do most of the things with them, just shorter mileage mm-hmm. until my junior year when um the achilles started hurting more and that's kind of when we just ultimately stopped cross and i went 
track uh focused okay do you know yeah. what uh what caused the achilles pain or injury or i really don't um i wish i did i am a i'm a pretty large human um <laughs> i'm six four six five right in there um i was 180 most of my years um so i think just and I also have a weird form. I like really, I go back and forth. Um, so I think a connection of all that, probably not the best knee drive either, um, played a role. I would say that was kind of, and just never actually doing anything about the injury. Mm. Uh, we'd always take time off, run, um, but that was it. We couldn't really do anything else. And so it just continuously compounded um until there was that breaking point where i just couldn't run anymore and then we went to surgery so did you, did you know you'd eventually need surgery or if you had taken care of it earlier would you not um at the rate i i felt like i had that idea that surgery was coming but i didn't think it would happen mm -hmm. um but it got to the point where i think indoor is 2020 COVID um, at Big Tens? Like I had a good good meet. I I was able to win the 600. Um, I think we won the DMR. Well, it might have been it might have been a different year. I just remember the last year of indoor. I I couldn't put pressure on it during strides. Um, but I knew I wanted to run the four by four to help the guys help the team out. So I did it. Um, and after that, I just couldn't put any pressure on my Achilles. I was like, well, at this point, I think surgery is probably going to be mm. a must. Um, which it ended up, we went to outdoor, but I did a workout and I just genuinely couldn't do anything about it. I had to stop. And that's when it hit. Hmm. Did you, like, was it tough to come to grips with what was happening? Like knowing you'd need surgery or it was mm -hmm. kind of a long time coming. You knew it was going to. Yeah, it was a long time coming and I found a great way. I mean, many years, probably three years of running, I could hobble, but find my way to race at the, the level I needed to. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought I, I could just finish my career being able to like get around it and still compete with the pain that's there. Um, so that was a little tough to adjust to. Like when I first heard that I had to get surgery, mm -hmm. I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, simple. I'm, um, I don't have a ton of anxious thoughts in general. So like, I was okay. I was like, surgery, what am I going to do? I can't do anything about it. Mm. Let's just, let's get on to it. Um, have you always had that mindset? Yeah, I have. And I'm I'm happy that I have this mindset. Mm. Um, I'm fortunate. I don't know why I don't have as many anxious thoughts, but it's just, just how I, I am, um, which has really helped me. Mm. But it did hit me at one point when I first, after I came home from my meeting with the doc that I was getting surgery. Mm. I also don't like surgery. I don't like needles. Yeah. So that was a big part was like, whew, this is a reality. I am going to be going, um, 
under for this one. <laughs> and uh, did it go well, the surgery? It did. Surgery's good. Um, but it was an interesting next season. And I think for me, it was a good season to have another year, but also like be able to do the sport I love, but take away the identities hmm. and feel comfortable finishing the sport. Yeah. So how, how was it finishing it out and then kind of transitioning to being done with running at the college level, at least? Yeah. I mean, it was the Achilles surgery was a blessing in disguise for me because I had a summer where I didn't run at all. Um, and I slowly got back into it. Um, and I just felt comfortable at that point. I felt like I did a lot in my career. Um, it was six years of running and I went to some of the biggest meets. Um, so knowing that and also knowing my body and knowing that this was kind of, this was a lot. I, I put so much into the sport. Um, getting Achilles surgery was obviously like, maybe I'm just not cut out for it um, long-term. I definitely had professional aspirations, but mm. um, body started coming into reality. And at that point I was totally okay with it. I was ready to be done. I enjoyed my last outdoor season. Um, I focused on racing and then enjoying the cities that I was traveling to and being with the guys. Um, but not necessarily expectations because I was just happy to be racing and joining the squad again. Yeah. So last outdoor was your last season. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you've been done for half a year, like eight mm -hmm. months. Now, like that. Uh, yeah. How's that time been transition away from running? It's been good. Yeah. Um, it's weird because you look back and such a huge part of your life is running. Um, but there's also so much more mm. in life. So I, I was happy. I had a great long career. I enjoyed it, but I'm also like extremely happy. I'm done. I can focus on school um, without having that in the back of my head, kind of enjoying myself. Um, yeah, it's been a real nice transition. And the fact that it's super nice that I'm not having second um, second thoughts about a career shows mm. that um, I'm happy and that I totally forgot exactly where I was going with that. But I'm just, <laughs> yeah, it's it's good to know that the transition was good for me um, yeah. if I'm totally at peace. With yeah. Did you have, like when your career was wrapping up, did you have expectations of what it would be like afterwards? Like, did you... Were you kind of freaking out like, oh, no, this is something I've done my whole life is coming to an end? Or like, mm -hmm. did you know that it would be okay? Like you had school, you had friends, family to fall mm -hmm. back on? Yeah, I actually knew it was going to be okay. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't have any any worries. Um, mostly because that whole, that whole outdoor season, I knew it was ending. Um, and I had a glimpse into the life of what it was like already. Whereas most athletes don't that last year is like, that's the accumulation of their whole career. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, I had a time where I wasn't running. I was without a sport. Um, so I was able to see what life was like. So that wasn't a shock to me and I didn't really need a ton of support at all. 
um, in that transition. Luckily, I was just happy, um, happy to have the memories and happy to be moving on. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording, but uh, what are you up to now? What are the plans for the future? Mm-hmm. Um, finishing my master's of social work last semester currently, then I'll be graduating. Um, moving to Tallahassee, Florida. My girlfriend is a assistant coach ops for Florida State track and field women's team. So I get to still live out the uh, the track life. Um, kind of live vicariously through her as a coaching perspective now, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but my hopes to be a sports social worker, uh, for a collegiate, um, team, just not necessarily team. I think it's probably to many teams, but to a college institution, um, just kind of offering mental health services like a sports psych. Uh, I want to focus on getting an athlete to the right performance, but also, social work aspect is bringing in kind of the holistic approach that all things lead to a good performance. So yeah, that's kind of the goal now. Um, and as I said, living vicariously through, um, my girlfriend at this point, I think being a coach would be something fun down the line, especially with a social work background of, I think that's a good mesh. And I'd love to kind of have a role with athletes and helping them feel comfortable as they go and try to achieve what they can. Yeah. How'd you get interested in being like a sports social worker, like that that role? Yeah, I was a psych major. Um, So I was was already interested in the mind and kind of mental health in general. And then I didn't like research. So I found out social work was a great master's. I wanted to offer mental health counseling. Um, and so that's just kind of how I went there. Uh, again, not maybe the most linear idea of it. Um, I didn't have a plan, which is kind of how I went throughout all. Like I was undecided for a year and a half in college. Um, I ended up just choosing what I like and just going with it regardless of monetary benefits social work unfortunately not a great position to make money Hmm. um but i like it and i see a lot of potential and what it can do so that's kind of where i how i ended up there and then i found out that social work has a ton of avenues and being an athlete i want to be with athletes still i love i love what they go through i understand what they go through Mm -hmm. um and so I want to be another just kind of puzzle piece into a place where I can help. Uh, I never accessed mental health services throughout college, um, but I lived through a lot of friends um, and athletes who did utilize it. And I saw how big of an impact it can make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's definitely something I want to do, give back. And I like, I like just interacting with people too finding their interests, building them up. So that's awesome. Have you gotten any like experience with it yet? Like have you been able to, I don't know, see it in action? Um, not yet sports social work mm-hmm. per se. Um, but I do a lot of I'm in an internship now, so I'm doing counseling to individuals, um, just not with the athletic perspective. Okay. Um, so I haven't been able to put it all 
into one basket, um, but building the pieces so that one day I can actually do it. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I'm like a very firm believer that if you find what you're passionate about and enjoy, like the money will follow like one way or another, like you'll, if it's not directly with what you're doing, like you'll find a way to make it work. If it's something that you like truly love, I mean, you may not not be the head of a, of a hedge fund, but (laughs) you'll, I think you'll do well for yourself if you find something that you truly love. Yeah, no, I like that. That's, that's what I want to live by too. So I think it's super beneficial. And yeah, my goal is to just do something that I enjoy. I know that that's really all I need. Um, Yeah. And then coaching wise, would you want to do college or high school or anything? I probably want to do college. um, But that's, I think, very much in the future. Um, Yeah, I want to explore that at some point, but just kind of a little thought in my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's been fun so far seeing her name is Mallory um, seeing what she's talking about in her experience there um, yeah. and it just it is cool it's cool to think about that that could be an option because I just I feel like I could do a lot of good things um, you learn kind of about coaches you learn what helps what doesn't what cracks they you know, they weren't able to provide to athletes and you, you pick up on what you want to add. So for yeah. sure. Do most schools have like a, like a social worker, sports psych? Like- most schools have sports psych. Uh, okay. Very Not, not many have sports social work. It's kind of a new field. Um, but I will say most do have sports psych at this point. Okay. They should. Yeah. Does, does the future stress you out at all? Like when you think about the unknown? No, it doesn't. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Um, I don't get too worried. Really. It's a simple life. I, I know I have my hobbies. If I have my hobbies and if I have my people, then I'm, I'm pretty happy. For sure. Yeah. I feel so like day to day I'm like basically unfazed like nothing like stresses me out at all mm-hmm. like I'll spill something on the couch like oh well I guess I gotta clean it up like nothing just like I don't know nothing bothers me at all but like when I think about the future that's when that I really very like I don't know like I want I want to know where I'm going I want to know I'm worried that it's like not the right choice like we have one life to live am I doing the right things you know like those kind of mm-hmm. questions i'm always always thinking about but like day to day i'm just like unfazed <laughs> i don't know yeah no, those i mean those questions are hard in general mm-hmm. but it's interesting but i mean you you live day to day and no stress is pretty happy i assume yeah for sure yeah i mean that's obviously you're doing something you like so i think the future pans out just like you said um i think present's the way to go future is just those extra thoughts that are not necessary in your mind that will only add extra thinking and yeah it's better to not clutter the mind yeah no you're definitely right that's like a huge thing i like try to focus on is like living i don't know it's it's good to be like planning for the future and like mm-hmm. 
about Definitely. the future in its place. Yeah. But when you're like thinking about the future while you're with family, friends, or should be doing something else, I think that's when it gets a little, I don't know, you don't want to like overreach into other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. So I really, I try and often fail to like, I don't know, stay as present as possible, like where, where I am, you know? Like, yeah, I think that's probably one of the hardest things for most people in general, though. Just yeah. staying in the present. I mean, it's hard. It's so easy for our minds to wander. Mm-hmm. And being present is like pretty impossible if we're really talking <laughs> about it. Like, for sure. you know, not having any other thoughts besides what's happening exactly right now. But yeah. If someone figures out a way to do it, then let us know. have the secret. <laughs> the secret. There you go. Okay, cool. Well, I want to um, wrap up with, I guess I didn't really mention this in the beginning, but kind of the theme, um, I don't know, I guess like the topic I wanted to discuss with you, and that is finding your identity as a runner. Mm-hmm. Um, so start off with, I guess, the softball. You run like, basically every distance there is between track and cross country. Do you have mm-hmm. a favorite? Um, my favorite. Oh, it's hard. I feel like I should say the 800, but I loved running the 400, like a four by four was just so fun. And I was lucky to be able to do that through high school and college. I'm going to say 400. Okay. That's a good answer. Um, so you were basically good at like every discipline that you undertook from the 400 up to cross country. Did you view yourself as let's say like a middle distance runner or a distance runner, a track guy versus cross country? Like, did you mm-hmm. think about that at all? Um, yeah. Take that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think most runners like they need to have that, that distance or that, you know, to identify with. Um, and if I were to say that, like, I definitely identified as a mid-distance runner. Um, that was me. But I also, I, I yeah, I, I think I was unique in the fact that I, I was able to do really well 400 to cross, which I was happy. I was lucky to be able to do that. And so I did also identify as like a Swiss Army knife. Mm. Like, I, I didn't want that to be forgotten. Um, so that was def that, that might've been more of the identity, um, to others and to myself inwardly, but I wanted to be a mid distance only because then you only have certain expectations. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that that's was true. big. <laughs> sure. Is there any value in like finding your identity as a runner or is it better just to kind of take each race as it comes kind of thing or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I think that is the sweet spot. I don't, I don't think having identity is the best because it closes you off. You give yourself an out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're a middle distance runner, you get into that where anything above 800, you know, I'll give you what I got, but it's probably not going to be great. <laughs> right. um, whereas someone could be really good. They're just saying that um, to the point where it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where they might not give all that they can. So I think it's best not to identify um, as a specific distance. That way you, you leave the doors open for effort wise. Um, And that's why I had fun. Like 
every race I wanted to battle the people that were in that race. Mm. Um, and that's why I like to be the Swiss army knife instead. Yeah, that that's good. That makes a lot of sense. So in high school, early on, you're running kind of focusing on the 3,200, especially mm -hmm. where you ran through the, the state tournament. And then you transitioned to focusing more on the 800 and like shorter distances. Um, what was that transition like? And how did you, I guess, figure out that you were maybe better at the 800, 400 distance than you were longer? Mm -hmm. um, it took a while. It actually took shin splints. I had shin splints um, and the 3,200 kind of became unbearable. Uh, I think that was during my growth spurt too. So I can thank the growth spurt. Um, but yeah, that's what transitioned me. Um, and then we did the four by eight always. Um, but it started to, to click. I was able to get some really good times going. Um, and once kind of the shins made the upper mileage a little harder to do, we were ready to just kind of switch immediately. And I, I liked the idea of doing something shorter. Um, selfishly, I, I wanted to do the 800 because it was a lot less laps, fewer laps. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was a big part too in the transition. Um, but it was mostly injury that kind of led me to an open hmm. 800. For sure. Um, so I guess through high school and then into college, how did you find the distance that you were best at, uh, or even most enjoyed? Was it like a lot of trial and error or did you know kind of intuitively that you were better at shorter distances or yeah, how, what was that process like? Um, I think it is just trying out distances, um, and consistently trying out new distances. I think some athletes call themselves two milers, um, and then they'll go down to a mile or an 800 once, once a year or something like that, just to test the waters. Um, but if you don't give your chance to actually like figure out a race and what to do, you're never going to find out that race that might click. Um, so that was big, um, for me finding the distance that I wanted. Um, I did the two mile long time. I loved it. Um, but it didn't work out with my body. And then I got to the 800 in the mile and I love those. Hmm. Um, and through repeatedly running those, I was able to find kind of what my strengths were and it ended up being the 800 where two laps, I was able to, I don't know, just feel more in control all the way through than the other events. Um, and the mile, I just, mile is probably the least run event that I got throughout my career. Hmm which I wish I could have changed, but that's just kind of how it works. Yeah. Sometimes you got to make compromises. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this is a question I think about a decent amount. So I've, I'm, like I said, an assistant for Carmel, <laughs> but I have aspirations of being a head coach one day. So I'm trying to like think about training thinking about designing a program, things like that. <laughs> um, for the guy who goes, let's say like 18 minutes plus in 5k, like in high school and cross country, but has the potential to like break two. So mm -hmm. I guess would be kind of considered more of a middle distance, like track guy. How would you like train him like through the year? Um, would you have him do something different than the cross country guys during cross country? Would you train him differently than the cross country guys during track? 
Um, like, have you thought about that or what even works best for you as more of a middle distance guy? Yeah. Um, and this is high school based. Yeah. Yeah. I, my idea is not to train any differently during cross, like keep doing those runs, um, and running a base is really important for most people. So even if it's not fun, um, as long as you're you're seeing that athlete have fun with other people, um, you're offering support, then that's all you need to do while as they run and do the same kind of workouts. And then once track comes, yeah, I think workouts can change then. Um, if you think they have the potential to do sub two, then that's when you do make the changes and you let them do a little more speed work. Um, but don't forget about some of that mileage stuff. I think that's important to always have. Um, but I, I like putting every runner into cross. Um, and if it is like an injury thing, then yeah, back in a way. And that way you're able to find what they like. Um, but also I think it's important just to chat. Um, I don't, I don't know my high school. I don't remember having a ton of chats with the coaches. Like I, it fit for me. So I didn't, mm -hmm. but not every athlete, um, fits. So I think communication is incredibly important. Will always be the most valuable thing. Mm. Um, and seeing what they like, seeing what they would like to try and then supporting them. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's huge. I think it's, especially if you're at a bigger school, mm -hmm. it can be tough to like, I don't know, have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with every kid and, and like yeah. tailor the program like to them. But I think it's, I don't know, it's kind of what you sign up for in, in a way. Like I feel like it's, and even just like the performances, it's worth it. If you're, if you have the open line of communication with all of your runners and mm -hmm. they feel like heard and they feel that the program is like tailored to what they need. Like, I think that's huge. Yeah, no, I would hundred percent agree. And I think yeah, unfortunately, regardless of size of a program, there's always people that fall through the crack. And I think sports naturally are, you know, hierarchical, hierarchical. Mm -hmm. There's a hierarchy, um, <laughs> you know, and and it's kind of like a um, direct correlation with time um, yeah. investment. And it sucks. It really does. Um, and it's a lot to ask of a coach to be able to interact and have that one-on-one, -on -one, um, relationship. But I, yeah, I think it really is kind of what coaches sign up for, um, mm -hmm. and something they should strive to do. I don't feel like any athlete should be left out, be not have any interaction. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's always important to always be aware of that and not, let athletes not have a connection. Yeah, for sure. It's also interesting, like now kind of being on the other side of things, thinking about like how I viewed my coach when I was in high school, mm -hmm. like just like, you don't think about them having anything going on in their lives or them doing anything outside of like practice in school. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's interesting, you know, especially like, I don't know when things aren't going the best in your personal life and showing up to practice, but I don't know, trying to like show up the same, but then, mm -hmm. then like them also not knowing that anything is going on. It's just like a, it's interesting dynamic, especially being like on the other side now, you know? 
yeah no it's very interesting dynamic um yeah it's it's very easy especially in high school like you were saying like you you maybe know less you most likely do know less in high school about perspectives um you can't necessarily empathize with coaches that coaching is not their their everything they have so much more um so it's hard to bring that same energy just as a high school student has trouble with schoolwork or something or mm-hmm. friends you know they they're struggling too but it's two-way street mm-hmm. um which is the tough part about athletes and coaching is that there's just so many sacrifices where you have to fake it till you make it just mm-hmm. so you know that the other person on the other side is getting what they deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a tough battle. I get that. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, are you still running at all? Even for fun or. I am. Yeah. I, I take little breaks, but then I'll go out and run. I actually wanted to run a marathon Ooh. in May. Um, but with my decision to move to Tallahassee might change. Um, but I will run a marathon at some point. It's kind of a goal of mine. I don't plan on training, uh, much, which is terrible. As long as I've been (laughs) in a running career, I should know that training will help for performance and, uh, being healthy, but I don't want to run that much anyways like i like a two to four mile run that's my sweet spot like two to three times a week um but yes i have aspirations to run a marathon and it could end my running career but it'll happen (laughs) okay is there any chance that like you get hooked that you do one and you love it i can almost guarantee no (laughs) i really don't think um that'll happen. Like I love going out for a run to decompress and just kind of get to the motions again. And I'll speed up at times, kind of push, push a faster clip for me, um, where I should be. Um, but I can only handle it in small little spurts. I've got my competitive nature is in pickleball and disc golf at this point. So I've got those outlets. You got your priority straight. Yeah. (laughs) I like, I don't know. I'm like not, I'm in decent shape right now. Mm-hmm. I'm actually like battling like an IT thing, but I don't know. Like thinking when I go out for runs now, thinking about the shape that I was in, in the past, it's just like so hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah. Even like, I'm sure, especially for you to think you could go however fast you went. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't it weird to think that it's, that? it's an odd thing. Yeah. And mindsets are hard to change too. like you don't necessarily listen to your body so i'll go out there like i ran last week first run in like three or four weeks um i just did 3.1 mile i did 5k in 21 minutes and i was i was really really working hard <laughs> yeah. um, in the mindset of a body that i don't have mm. and it is weird to think about just the differences um but I do still like, I find myself being competitive when I go run. I went stopped at the outdoor track and just did a standstill 200. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. I like that. Um, yeah. It was 27. It was a good 27. Hey, I felt comfortable. Yeah. Didn't put, didn't open it up to the last hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so like speed's still there, which is fun. Like I, we have indoor meets here right now and I've been very tempted to just kind of, 
sign up for an 800 or 400 yeah. without training, doing it because I have that competitive nature still, but I know I don't have the drive to actually train. Yeah. Do you have the same approach to pickleball or disc golf? Like are you um, competitive? Pickleball, yes, kind of. I just go play games. That's it. Disc okay. golf, I play. I do a lot of practice. It might not be practice, but I just play a lot of rounds, um, mm-hmm. which is helpful because I, I do do tournaments in disc golf. I'm pretty like active in the competitive disc golf scene. Okay, you think it's something you'll stick with? E- yeah, definitely. <laughs> nice. I will. Yeah, that I plan on doing that till I'm can't walk <laughs> there you go so yeah yeah i'm like pretty similar like if i find something that i enjoy or like think i could be good at i guess then i'm like i'm all in mm-hmm. like i like this is like really random but i got into chess a couple months ago okay. um, i like listened to a podcast this guy interviewed like one of the best american chess players it's like hmm that was i was like really interesting and i was just started playing and now i'm like playing every day i like want to be and i'm like garbage but it's like that drive to get better and like mm-hmm. i think also it's like a, a linear thing like with running you see your times improve i've also mm-hmm. like post college there was like a year where i got super into lifting which okay. is kind of similar like you see your your weight go up your gains go up mm-hmm. and then chess like you have this rating like elo rating which basically is like how good you are compared to everyone okay. else and so i can see that number go up so i think that's a piece of it too that like linear like if i put the yeah. work in i can get better kind of thing no, I get that. Mm-hmm. I, they have the rating for disc golf too, and that's oh really definitely something that like brings brings me back to the sport. Yeah, um, is it like how you do in tournaments, or how's the rating? Mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good time. P- pickleball has ratings too. I, I get that that linear like progression of success. Um, the same as running. For sure. I used to be obsessed with Pokemon when I was young. Yeah. I think it's like a similar, I'm like realizing something about myself right now, but I think it's like a, a similar thing. Like I level up my Pokemon, you know, mm-hmm. and like I could see it and pre- I put in the work and my Pokemon would improve, but yeah, something I like about that. the improvement. I like Pokemon to running to chess. So it's the full <laughs> slate. Uh-huh. Are you going to like compete in chess? Or is it just I, fun to do that? I doubt it. To get like really good, you have to study. Like just like with the, I know chess has been around forever and it's mm-hmm. not like hard solved, but with like AI and computer technology, like it's like, I don't know. Most like openings and moves and things are, are like pretty much figured out. Like if I do this, the best move is this. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is, I mean, there's some part of it that's like intuition and like playing enough games to get better, but a lot of it is like studying. Okay, you know, in the moves. This, then I need to do this. Yeah. I just don't know if I want to get into it like that, you know. That's a lot because I, I don't know the exact number, but there's quite a few ways you can start out a chessboard. So there's got to be a ton of different mm-hmm. logical moves. Yeah, that would be tough. I know how where the pieces go. Couldn't tell you how to win at all. Yeah, yeah. have you played? I I used to play on my computer, um, but I I wasn't good, and I knew I wasn't going to invest the time. (laughs) For sure, I'm I'm a checkers guy over chess. Cracker Barrel. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. That takes you back to high school running. (laughs) Yeah. 
There it is. Um, cool. Well, that's like all the questions I had for you. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about or before we wrap up? No, I think that's good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was a lot of fun just chatting yeah. and being able to relive some of the stuff and hopefully it's beneficial for the, the viewers, but yeah, running's great. Recommend it. Have fun in high school. Um, make relationships and yeah, things will happen. You know, live in the present as we talked about. It's incredibly hard to do. <laughs> yeah. But if you continue to do that, you'll be at the next, the next moment, the future that you're going to worry about way before the future. So have fun with it. Um, it's crazy to think that's been what six and a half years since we and like we so that was my first semester. Mm -hmm. And we like, I don't know, we did some runs together. We were like super, super tight. Like mm -hmm. we knew each other, you know, but it's wild. Like six and a half years have passed and six we're and talking years. over a Zoom call. Yeah, no, it is wild. I mean, even when you reached out, um, your message was very friendly. And I was like, wow, this feels like I, I know him. Why is he? <laughs> why does he feel like I know he knows me? And then it clicked. And I was like, holy smokes, that was, he coached me for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's wild. It's, it's good to finally um, yeah it's good to catch up again uh, yeah definitely half years it's a long time yeah a long time i was actually i was watching i think it was ncaa champs one year um mm -hmm. that you ran and like you so you had short hair in high school um yeah and i like saw you on the start because i saw your name on like the start list and i saw you on the start line i was like whoa i think you had a, like a decent beard too i probably like, did yeah i like I like going through phases, um, but I definitely, hair was very integral to my career, collegiate <laughs> career, because I wanted to stick out. Yeah. Um, so I did always grow my hair out for outdoor track. For sure. And you were like, what, like three or four inches taller than everybody too? Yes. Yeah. Woman. Loved it. It was great. Great for, it, it wasn't necessarily great because no one could block the wind. Um, <laughs> True. But yeah, make a picture. I got a lot of Thors and I liked that, you know, I was fine with that. Yeah. It's a good comparison. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's been fun. Great it's been time. fun, Josh. Yep. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on. We, uh, we'll, we'll catch up again sometime in the future. Maybe in yes, six, we will. six and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And best of luck, uh, job and at Carmel. Yeah. I appreciate it. All right. Till next time, everybody. We'll see you.